Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. Today's message from Pastor Ben Johnson is called Thankful for the Word. In the book of Nehemiah, the Israelites have rediscovered the Word of God and we see thankfulness that flows out of them for being able to hear it again. In 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul tells us to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly and see the incredible blessing that the Word of God is in our lives. Today's song, written a few weeks ago by Kip Fox and Lisa Clark, also talks about God's Word. Listen to the words of the chorus. Through your Word, renew us. By your Spirit, help us see how the work of Jesus makes the world as it should be. Here's Pastor Ben. I love that reading from Nehemiah. That's one of my favorites. That's a time period in the Israelite history when they didn't have the word of God. They didn't know. And then it was sort of rediscovered uh, in the temple. And it was like, kind of like, you know, it's that moment like when you get your Bible back out, you kind of brush it off and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, And so they bring the word out and the people lose their minds because it's a time and a day when, when you didn't know what the will of the gods was. You didn't know how to please them or what they wanted. If you read back through, it's a very interesting time that we live in right now because if you go back in human history, uh, very, there, there was, there's really no other culture that we can even think of that would claim that there's not a god. Like, that, that they were very spiritual people. No, no matter the area of the world, it was inherent that there's something greater than ourselves. They just didn't know what it was or how to please it. And so all of a sudden they get the word of God and they're like, this is what we do. This is it right here. And they were so thankful. It says they went back to their homes rejoicing because they heard the word of God and they understood it. So hopefully you all can leave in the same way today. Like, yay, I actually got what he said, you know? So today we're talking about that thankfulness for the Word of God, but also a thankfulness that Paul talks about in 1 Thessalonians 2 when he says, I thank God constantly that when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the Word of men, but what it really is, the Word of God, which is at work in you believers. I remember watching this video of Francis Chan, uh, kind of a popular speaker and author and pastor, and he stood up before Passion. Passion's a collection of college students. And so 20,000 students in this arena, and he stands up there, and he's got his Bible, and he puts it down, and he's talking. And then he has this moment where he looks at all these kids. He goes, you want to know what I think? And they're kind of like, yeah, yeah. No, do you want to know what I think? They're like, yeah, yeah. And they got louder, and he goes, That's the problem. Why do you care? Who am I? And then he quotes from Isaiah when Isaiah says, The ways of God and the thoughts of God are like the heavens are from the earth. How great the thoughts of it. That God doesn't think like we think. God doesn't comprehend how we comprehend. And so he's going to make decisions that you wouldn't make. But he is greater than us. Like how many of you would sacrifice one of your kids for me right now? 
Exactly. See, God is so much greater than who, than, than, than who we are. And also, it was just this really cool reminder, even today, you, sh- you don't, don't, you don't want to know what I think. That's not important. And, and it's becoming a thing, especially in today's culture, where people want to like lean in and they do the, you know what I think? And honestly, every time I hear that, there's part of me that's like, not really. Like, I don't, like, it, 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 it's probably not, it, it, I know it's not going to change my life. Like, whatever you have to say. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. But, like, let's just, let's just be real here. In the scope of human history, how, like, your life, the best is when you get someone in their 20s. Like, you want to know what I think? I'm like, you've hardly been alive. Like, what do you know? And I, right now, there's some people in their 20s like, I don't like this guy. Right? But listen, man, I'm only in my 30s. Like, what do I know? What do I know? I mean, I got some life experience a little bit. You don't want to know what I think. I haven't been around that long. And I won't be around that long. I'm going to be with Jesus soon. So are you. It's not what I, that's not what's important. Not the words of men. Don't accept this as the words of men. What we need to know is the word of God. The unchanging always has been, always will be. The solitude, the firm foundation. I call it my beachfront cabana, you know, the place you go just to rest and relax, especially in the wake of all the turbulence happening around us. This oasis to go to. You know, it's funny, uh, I, I never know. Apparently, there's still a Pastor Appreciation Month, and I, I never know when it's happening. I just start getting random gift cards. I'm like, sweet, you know? Like, awesome. And, uh, and, and then they're like, happy Pastor Appreciation Month. I'm like, oh, cool. That's awesome. I'm going to Starbucks anyway. Nice. All right. Um, but this year, we had someone on staff do something really special, and he asked a bunch of people from the congregation just to write a thank you. And then to the pastors, and then he compiled them and then sent them to Pastor Joe, Pastor Tim, and I. It was very sweet. It was really sweet. Of course I'm going to read through them. I'm verbal affirmation, you know. You guys do the five love languages? If you haven't, where have you been, right? Well, anyway, so I read through them, and I'm not kidding around. 80%, like high majority, right? Like vast majority of these. This is, this is kind of what it sounded like. Thank you for honestly teaching us the Word of God. It blew me away. Blew me away. Because I was like, that would be like growing up, like your mom serving you dinner or something, and then being like, thank you for cooking the chicken and not serving it raw. Like, thank you for not killing us with salmonella. I'm just, (laughs) thank you. You know, like, cooking the food is important. Like, to me, it's inherent. Right? So for a pastor not to teach the word of God is like not cooking the chicken. Like why else would you be here? But apparently in the wider culture of the church, it's not inherent. And as you look at the wider culture, there is a movement happening where a lot of churches are holding pretty loose 
to the Word of God. In fact, back in the 1980s, a vote happened in the ELCA church. And the vote was that this is not the inherent Word of God, but it contains the Word of God. Meaning, there's a bunch of stuff in here that are just context. You don't need to listen to it. It was for that day and age. It doesn't apply to us today, so don't listen to it. And, and what they made the benchmark of what you need to listen to is the stuff you agree with. Get out of here. They're going to leave that to us? That's like letting my kid pick dinner every night. We're having chicken nuggets, mac and cheese every night. Or letting me pick, which is going to be chicken nuggets and mac and cheese every night. You know, I mean, that, that, to leave it to us to decide, like placing ourselves over the word of God, reading it and going, I don't know if I like that part. I'm just not going to listen to it. Who's God? Who is God? Are we are you sovereign? Of course not. But that is the move happening. I'm telling you right now, man, if you go, not that you're ever going to leave Gloria Day, but if you do one day and you go to a church and the person starts with, well, you know what I think? Leave. Leave. Because I'm telling you, man, we don't need more word of men and women. We are saturated with the words of men and women. That is not going to change the world. And neither will yours. What this world needs is, is the Word of God. It needs the power of the Word of God. There's another movement sadly happening though, kind of amongst Christians. And I hear it, I'm hearing it a lot. And it's people who believe in Jesus they love Jesus. They come or they, they're in it. You know, they believe it. But they will openly admit to you, I love Jesus, I don't read the Bible. And I call it biblically illiterate Christianity. And what they've made as the foundation of their faith is not the Word of God, but more the feeling that Jesus gives them. The feeling of how he helps them be loving and be of support with their family and forgiveness and the feeling they have. And that's so, and so the, the hard part with that one is then what happens when the feeling goes away? <laughs> is God no longer real? Is it no longer powerful? It's kind of like when I do premarital classes, I'm talking with young couples, and I go, you do know that the word love is not a feeling, it's an action. The word means sacrifice. Meaning, there's going to be lots of times in your life you don't feel in love. And the cool part about the word agape is it doesn't care about your feelings. Uh-oh. It means go wash their feet anyway. It doesn't matter how, because that, that's the cool part about Christianity is it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about what you think. It's not about how you feel. It's about the truth of what God thinks, how he felt and what he did for you. It's about him. And the Word of God is the living, breathing, active words of what God has done to show how much He loves you and what He's going to do in the future. 
The word of God is all about him. Now, are we incorporated? Yes, as a recipient of his grace, we're captured into the greatest story ever told, the salvation narrative of God, but it's not just a self-help book. Or like just when my life is in upheaval and then I I need a verse that just makes me feel good today. It's It's not the thrust of it. Will that happen? Sure, that's fine. Yeah, it'll happen. But is that the goal? No, it's not. Now, this is also the portion of a sermon, especially when you're talking about the Word of God, when you start seeing the ripple effects of sort of the, um, I just call it the guilt trip vibe that can start happening amongst people. You start seeing it. It's sort of the eye squint, head nod, like, you're right, pastor. Like if I was like, we should probably eat less carbs, more vegetables, and you're like, I know, they just taste good. I know, you know? Maybe you should care a little more about Jesus, less about college football. And you're like, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You know, and we get that guilt trip complex. You guys know that guilt trip complex? If you grew up in the church, you know the guilt trip complex. I don't care if it was Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Lutheran. All of those bred a generation of people that are like, I'm a no good, miserable sinner. Right? (laughs) no yeah i know are you a sinner yeah is that who you are no not how god sees you so we need to be honest can we just be honest all right we got to push the guilt trip thing away that is not the goal i don't want you leaving feeling oppressed and guilty i want you feeling encouraged and hopeful so but you got to push that out of here push it out of here and i just want you to be honest with yourself ready just be honest we're all going to be in different places just be honest what role does the word of god play in your everyday life just be honest Like if we had a slide for every one of you and it showed a pie chart of where you give your time, energy, and focus, how big is the piece where you're 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 in the Word of God? Some of you are just staring at me, I know. You just want me to keep talking, but you got, this is a, Meet me halfway. Are you thinking about it? All right, listen, if right now you're feeling guilty, push it away, push it away. Because the word of God is always going to meet you where you're at, but it just, it, God loves you too much to leave you there. So it's always going to inspire you to greater aspects of who you are, but it needs to meet you where you're at. Maybe there's some of you, this is it. Like, this is, this is it. Like, whatever I feed you in worship, that's it. This is it. And between Sunday and Sunday or whatever, that's about it. Maybe some of you have a huge portion. It's like, cool, good, more. (laughs) Right? The Word of God is like social media. It will not be content with a little bit. (laughs) It wants all of you. All right, let's take it one more step. One more step. What would it take, wherever you're at, again, no guilt trip, all right, but wherever you're at, whatever the size of the pie, what would it take for the Holy Spirit, who is in you, to to inspire and 
bubble up the Word of God on your priority list? What would it take for God to inspire you in such a way that you value your time in the Word of God more than your cell phone? More than football? It's a tough one. More than your stuff. More than just free time or your games or news or your email calendar. Ooh. Listen, I'm in the boat with you, all right? All right? I'm not, I will not sit here and tell you that it's like I just spend all day reading the Bible and in a cave somewhere just in it. No, I have a lot. I have things going on. So I'm in here with you. I'll tell you what holds me back a little bit. I don't want to approach the Word of God as work. As a pastor, that's my thing. That the only time I'm in it is to prepare a Bible study, prepare a sermon, prepare this, that it's just work. Now that's my thing. What's your thing? All right, so I asked around. I asked people, what, what's holding you back from it bubbling up? And here were the common responses. Maybe you're in one of these, maybe not. First one was the guilt thing. Makes me feel guilty. Like they already have a preconceived notion, I'm not doing enough, and then the Bible reaffirms that, and they just don't like it, and so they just are like, I don't like that. Maybe that's you. I don't know. Maybe for you, it's just hard to understand. Now, if you're in number one, I just need to, I need to remind you. The cross of Jesus Christ is the good news that all your shame and guilt has been paid for. You don't need to carry it anymore. And some of you have an ongoing guilt complex where you're so hard on yourself. That is not more holy. It's darn right sinful because you're not letting God be God. You're trying to hold on to it and be in control even of your guilt and shame. You've got to release that. You've got to release that. All right? We approach the Word of God from the, from the standpoint of, man, that I am worthy, I am holy, I am loved, I am forgiven, I am part of this. Okay? All right? No room for that. Now, maybe if it's hard to understand, I will confess, I agree with you. And I would also say that I think most things that are good for us in life are hard to do. Whether it's eating healthy, working out, reading a book, doing yoga, I don't know, whatever. It's hard. Why is it hard? Because it takes discipline. I'll tell you what's easy. I'll tell you what's easy is being distracted and complacent. We live, and this goes with number four. And the, Again, I didn't just make these up. I was asking people, right? Number three and four go together because we are the most distracted, tired culture I think I've ever seen. And the, and, the, and the problem is, is that we, even right now, I'm like, where's my cell phone? Right? Because we're constantly being distracted. We even allow things to distract us. That's all a notification is. It's like, yes, please distract me. And so we're constantly like, bing, 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 bing. And we're never, we're hardly in the moment. And when we are in the moment, we're just trying to take video and picture of the moment because we want to remember the moment, but we're not in the moment. And then when we're in the moment, then we get ding, ding, ding. And I got email and work and my brain's gone. And then I'm in the moment. And it's just, and we're constantly in this state of like flux. Which is, it's challenging. 
And very few people live a disciplined life around core values. Which leads to complacency. Complacency is stubbornness in our distraction. Which means some of you, like, like for six years, and this, this is going to be a guilt trip, unapologetic. For six years, we've been saying, bring your Bible to church. And it's still super hit and miss. And I will still get people that will stare right into my eyeballs, and I can give you the ten reasons why it's important, why to do it, and it will still get the, I'm not doing it, man. Right? Jesus will absolutely always love you right where you're at, but don't expect him to leave you there. That's why he says, follow me. But honestly, on the tired, energy out portion, I totally get it. Right? Or maybe the Bible's become sort of a soundbite reading. Right? Just small doses. I, I don't know. I don't understand it or I'm tired. So you just go back to the same verses over and over. You don't really know the context, but it makes me feel good. Right? Like a comfort food. That's cool. At least you're reading it. Right? But maybe that's where it's stalled out. Now, I'm going to ask you, just be honest with yourself, which, where's it at? Just think about it. What's, what's, keeping, what's keeping it back from bubbling up the priority list? You're just too busy, you're too tired, you're too distracted, you know, has it just kind of fallen off the wayside? Maybe it's, you know, it's not with me, I don't know, I don't understand it, I don't like how it makes me feel guilty, I don't, I don't know, I... Or where are you at? Like, where are you at? Like, you got to be honest with it. Okay? So that's step one. Now, I want to inspire you, put a little extra pump behind so we can blast through those things and raise the Word of God on the priority list within our life. Okay? So for this one, I'm going to be in 2 Timothy This is 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. Paul says this to Timothy, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Now read this section with me. You ready? All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable teaching for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Notice how Paul is speaking to Timothy about the sacred writings and the power of God. How much of Scripture is breathed out by God? All of it. All of it. And what is the power of the Word of God in our life? Paul openly says the Word of God is going to teach you, reproof, which means rebuke, correct you, and train you in righteousness. Man, those are four things not many of us like. 
to be rebuked, corrected, and trained. Right? I have a six-month-old puppy at home. That sounds like it was written for her, right? Rebuked, corrected, and trained. Do you see what I mean by that the Word of God is not just a self-help book that's always going to make us feel good? It's going to have an effect on our life. It's, it's, it's going to be, you know, like before I became a pastor, I was studying to be a personal trainer. And personal trainers, man, everybody kind of, if you've ever had one, it's like you love them and hate them. You love them because they push you and you hate them because they push you. You know, you do five push-ups, they're like, you got three more. And you're like, I'm dead. And they're like, three more. And then you do three more. And they're like, thanks for letting me do that. Don't do it again. Because they're always going to see potential. The Word of God is, is our, that's what the, the Holy Spirit, the, the paraclete is our helper, our trainer, the one God put inside of us to correct us, rebuke us, train us in right living so that we would be men and women complete for the things that God's going to call us to do. And the only way that we get complete in those things is by the Word of God. One of my favorite verses is from Hebrews 4.12. Now, I'm going to be open and honest. Okay, I've been wearing my pastor hat the whole sermon. I'm also going to kind of put on my dad hat. All right? So a little bit of this coming from my dad hat. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. I was given this sword as a gift when I left a church in Arkansas. Now, this is a traditional Maasai sword. The Maasai are a tribe predominantly in Africa, Tanzania, kind of in the area, that are a nomadic tribe that are uh, herdsmen and women and also warriors. And they live in the basin of Africa with all the wild animals because all the water is there. And so they live there and they're nomadic. Meaning they live amongst the wild animals and all they have is a spear and a sword. This is all they got. Peter says, that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking people to devour. And Paul says that in, in the course of when he talks about armoring up, the only thing we've been given as an offensive weapon against the spiritual attacks of what Satan's doing in our life, he says is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. That the Word of God's our only offensive weapon. And there's a caption that was written underneath this picture, and it said, The Maasai warriors who carry spears and short swords in order to protect their communities. Here's my dad hat. This culture we live in, personally, I feel is. It's weird and getting weirder by the day. And it's hard to navigate it as a parent sometimes. How to talk about it. And I hear a lot, a lot of parents, and they're just like, what do we do? How do I protect my children? How do I protect my family? 
How do I talk about it? Our culture's made this move. And, and right now, we might not see the full effect of it, but the thing that kind of rests on me is I, what I am sensing, and, and there's a lot of data that's backing this up, is the ones who are being affected the most are the kids. Because under the guise of choice and freedom and individuality, we're pushing it all onto the kids and we're just saying like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your choice? What kind of gender do you want to be? What's your choice? What kind of sexuality do you want to be? What's your choice? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you? And they're sitting here just having this pile on them and they're just wondering, man, would someone please tell me who I am? Would someone please show me how I was made, would somebody speak into this? And we're like, no, that's your choice. No, that's your choice. No, that's your choice. And they're like, talk to me. And you're seeing the effect, junior high, high school, anxiety rates through the roof, depression through the roof, suicidal tendencies through the roof. And we're handing them cell phones. We're saying, make good choices, no locks, right? And we're just handing it away. And we're like, just, just, and then we see this stuff happening in culture, and then as parents, we don't know what to do. So a lot of us just kind of sit on our hands and lead a distracted, complacent life where it's like, I don't know what to do about that, but I know how to bet on that game. I don't know what to do about that, but this wine tastes good. I don't know what about that, but I want to fight about politics. And, and, and all that passion starts boiling up inside of us and we don't know what to do with it, so we outlet it in sort of odd areas of life, things that we think we can control. When at the end of the day, I want you to remember, our, our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual principalities. And the only offensive weapon we've been given is the Word of God. So what do I do as a dad? What do I do? Should I go buy some more guns? Right? Maybe increase the caliber? No. Should I sit at home afraid? No. Perfect love casts out fear. Man, I got the Holy Spirit in me. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to sit on my hands, but I'll tell you what, what I think is needed more than anything. So we got to get sharpened up in the Word. My daughter doesn't need to just know what daddy thinks. He needs to know what her daddy thinks. She doesn't need to know the words of men. I want her to know the words of the one who created her soul. Parents, grandparents, and kids, if you hear me right now, if you can read, you can read. And you've got to ask yourself a question, man. Where is this in the priority level of your life? This is the only offensive weapon we have against what Satan's going to be doing in your life. And I'm telling you, man, we're going to have a whole generation of identity crisis because no one's told them. No one's teaching them. No one's leading them into this. I'm not saying you've got to beat people over the head with the Bible, but you can open it. You can talk about it. You can say. And then you've got to trust the Holy Spirit that lives inside of them that is going to grab a hold of that and go, that's right. That's truthful. That's good. But you as parents, you've got to be ready to have those conversations. You've got to be ready 
to, to engage the questions with your children, not just be a truth, rah, rah, but just engage it with them and be in the word with them. Be like, well, this is what it says here. How do you read that? And you got to engage it. You're the disciplers of your children, but if you're not in the word, then what hope do they have? You have to be what you want them to grow up into. you got to reflect the values and the character that you want in them. It's so important. This, it can't just be like, oh, a nice Bible study or, oh, it's cute or something. Man, this is our only lifeline. It's so important. And I, yeah, I unabashedly today am going to raise that bar. And I, and I pray that for all of you, you'd see it as that important. Now, a few outlets for you, okay? Boots on the ground, practical. Maybe today's sermon was all you needed to kind of go, he's right. Okay, what do you do? Maybe for some of you, just open it up, start reading. Pick a book of the Bible, start reading. You're going to have 20 more questions than answers, then email me. That's why I'm here. I'm your shepherd. I'll, I'll I will engage it, and if I don't know, I'll tell you, and then I'll go try to figure it out, okay? Ask away. Some of you just need to read. I'll tell you what I do for for, for my kind of time in the Word. Pray. This happens every morning, and I've made a rule that I can't do it. I got to read the Bible before I can check my email. (laughs) That's my rule, all right? Because if I start checking my email, any of you guys, it's gone, right? So I got to read the Word before I can check my email, all right, so it's pray. I read a section, got a little journal, kind of writing it a little bit, kind of what God's saying or whatever. I pray and I go on with my day. And that scripture is really cool because it's kind of like getting a song stuck in your head. It's just like, and it's on my brain. It's cool, man. That's, all, that's what I do. 10, 15 minutes. Just kind of start the day with that. For some of you, just link it with a habit you're already doing. If you know you're already going to drink coffee or tea or whatever, do that. Maybe for some of you, I'm sorry if this is crass, maybe just put it in the bathroom and don't bring your phone. That's 1520, uninterrupted. Some of you right now are like, was that potty talk, right? I'm being for real. Maybe put TikTok down, read the Bible. Don't bring your phone in. You know you're going to eat lunch. Maybe. (laughs) Dinner? I don't know. Breakfast? I don't know. You know your habit. Just link it to a rhythm. Link it to a rhythm, okay? So maybe that's your start. The other thing is, man, we have a whole media library online. GDLC.church, download the app. We'll walk through Scripture together. That's why it's there. Engage it. Go through it. We got printed copies right back at the Resource Center. That's what that card is back there. That's all past studies. Grab one. Work your way through it. Maybe that's good. We also, church-wide, have a login for Right Now Media. Right Now Media is like the Netflix of church resources. Right? So if you want the login, send me an email. We'll shoot you back the login. Go to, go to Right Now Media. That's a great, that's a great thing. Go binge right now media. That'd be sweet, right? We got women's ministry that's doing in-person studies all the time. We got men's ministry doing in-person studies all the time. We got youth ministry that's getting into the Word of God. We got children's ministry getting into the Word of God. There's no reason not to be engaged. But for you, it's going to be an honest approach of 
Jesus, I pray that You would raise my priority list on the Word of God. That You would sharpen me in this. That I would be able to protect my community through Your power and strength. I pray that this encourages You today. Amen? Amen. Let Your justice flow like fountains And Your mercy run in streams Let Your love roll down the mountains Touching all that it redeems God, this world that You created Cries for healing and for grace Bring redemption long awaited Come restore their sacred place Use your hands to catch the falling Guide our eyes to see the weak Lift our voices up trust in your salvation and your power to restore gather us from every nation bring us unity once more through your word renew us by your spirit help us see how the work of Turns to sight. Every soul you are refining until all will be made right. God, I'm broken, hearts are yearning for the day all things are new. We expect your great returning with a joy complete.